Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys. Welcome back. Southeastern 14, week one. A lot of action in the books here. Blaine Gomer joining me, as always. You know the face. Blaine Gomer, he's in a different location, as usual, yeah. but. That's okay. Um, Trying to do the best aesthetically behind me with the, in the lobby and the home two suites here, but we'll get it done. That's all right. We'll get it done. Uh, we're going to hop on here for about a half hour or so and kind of discuss some some big talking points. I see that Justin and Donovan are already in the chat. Um, Justin watching this Vanderbilt game. I don't know how uh, he's able to do that consistently here. That hasn't been the prettiest game either, but that's a good place to start, Blaine, because as we were talking about before we started recording, man, a lot of sloppiness, but it's week one, and as you said, what did we learn? I don't know. I, I just don't think we learned a ton about a lot of teams. You know, we did learn about two teams this week that I said unabashedly were not good football teams, and that is South Carolina and Florida. And we learned that in abundance that they are not good football teams, mainly because they are not good up front. And when you are not good up front – you are not going to be a good football team. We did see some good stuff out of Ole Miss. We saw some really good stuff out of Arkansas. We saw Tennessee and Georgia both be a lot sloppier than we thought they would be early on in those games, Georgia even more so than Tennessee. But, you know, when when the head coach of Virginia comes out and says, hey, it was a win for us just to be on the field today, I know they went through a, a tragedy and stuff, but that tells you where that program is right now emotionally and building things back and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we just didn't learn a ton about these teams this week, and I think it'll all get ratcheted up a little bit more next week. But like I said, there are some high points, and I'm sure we'll hit some of those performances. Well, just quickly, since you just mentioned Georgia and they are the two-time defending national champion, what did you see from the Dogs in their 48-7 to win against UT Martin? The defense is elite once again. I mean, the speed is unreal. Uh, Georgia's defense didn't drop off at all. Hey, Andy, how you doing, man? Glad to have you in there. Share with everybody. Have them come in here, Andy. But, uh, no, the, the thing that we saw early on was I think Georgia was trying to be super vanilla and just use it almost as like, okay, we're going to treat this as like, Let's just execute and stuff like that. But Lad McConkey didn't play. Dejan Edwards didn't play. They, there's a lot of guys that they didn't decide to, to roll that have been nicked up injury-wise. But plain and simple, Georgia did not execute for a good two-and-a-half quarters on offense the way that they're going to need to execute going forward. And, uh, you know, Carson Beck at times had some struggles. But other than that, you know, I mean, you saw that defense dominate. And I think the same thing could be said for Tennessee – uh, Tennessee's defense played lights out, but Joe Joe Milton didn't, you know, for a good portion of that game, didn't execute the way they thought. So two quarterbacks that I think people are expecting a lot out of just were rusty in their first starts. Yeah, we'll go to Tennessee next because I think, again, they win 49-13 over Virginia. Like you said, there were certainly some things, I think, early on, um, and you pointed out in our, our group text and everything. But, I mean – Listen, the one thing we talked about Tennessee, and you've always said this, and I think it, it's not talked about enough, they want to run the ball. They want to get their running backs involved, and 
when you look at what they were doing uh, in this game, which again, a uh, game flow kind of helps us out too, but Dylan Sampson, who accounts for four touchdowns in this game, three on the ground, Jabari small, right? They get 12, 13 and 13 in terms of carries in this game. And again, that may not just be a game where they're winning by double digits. That may be something we see regularly, right? This season, when you think about those three guys and, uh, again, man, you just you think about what they have at least with with those three guys, and we know wide receiver wise, Ramel Keaton caught a big one, I think it's forty yard or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean they they've got the weapons, and I think it should be interesting, like you said, to see what Joe Milton looks like in week two and beyond, and just seeing how that works. But man, those running backs, um, they're talented. Yeah, they they are talented. As you mentioned, Tennessee does want to definitely run the football. And sorry, I got a phone going off in the lobby over here, if you can hear that. But uh, Tennessee wants to run the football. And when they get that momentum going and get the teams worn down with the tempo, that's when the big strike plays come. So I thought that was definitely part of their MO and and what they usually do there for Tennessee. And I'm going to kick it back to you while this phone rings, Blake, because it's annoying me. That's uh, all. It's fine. Again, this is uh, part of the elements here at Southeastern 14. If you're hopping on for the first time, which most of you are this season, because um, first time we've done a, a reaction on a Saturday night like this. But um, Kentucky, what about the Cats? Because, again, we, we all know if you've watched the channel before, Blaine very, very high on Kentucky this year. We've been high on Kentucky, but Blaine's definitely been the highest in terms of looking at this team coming into the season. Got off to a somewhat slow start, I guess you could say. Uh, early on, but the second quarter, things really turn around. Uh, they got a Ray Davis, you know, run there early and um, wind up really just kind of kicking things into gear after that. Uh, defense certainly helped out making a big play there too. But what'd you see from Kentucky that you liked? Is there anything that kind of, um, you know, still want to see them improve here and there? Like we said, all these teams are going to be able to improve in a lot of areas, but what stood out with the Cats? Yeah, so this one I would put in a different category than Beck and Milton with Leary because Leary, this is his first game since coming back from a torn peck. So I think he was kind of filling out his physical limitations a little bit as he was working his way into it. And when you've torn a a right peck muscle and you're a right-handed quarterback, Blake, there's going to be a little bit of hesitation at, at some points and things like that. But I think what you saw out of this Kentucky offense this year or this game, even when they struggled in years past, there's there's an, a level of explosiveness with Dane Key when they get him open and with Tavion Robinson and stuff like that. That's why Kentucky's going to be good, and they ran the ball a little bit better than they did last year in this game. So, again, these new clock rules, guys, I saw a tweet on this, Blake. I think it's going to change the dynamic of how we look at, okay, what's a blowout, what's not a blowout, because there's just going to be less plays, less time. The clock's going to go faster. You know, you look up at this score and, and late into the second quarter in the Alabama game, it was 14 nothing. Alabama, like late into the second quarter, you know, Tennessee yeah. State. But then, of course, they get rolling. And But, like, by the way, I mean, I just think the, the really good teams, the teams that we expect to be good, they, yeah, they didn't really step on the gas immediately, but they all end up showing that they're going to be good. They're going to be fine. I do think that Georgia was very, very lackluster. But this Kentucky team, you know, we, we know what we're going to get out of them defensively. We know we're going to get Georgia defensively. And now I think you can say you know what you're going to get out of Tennessee defensively because Tennessee is going – their MO is that they're going to uh, create a lot of negative plays for the opponent. But then also, 
they're going to be aggressive and they may give up some shots here and there. But I think Tennessee's got a really good defensive team, and now it's going to be the other way around. How does how, how does Milton catch up? You mentioned that running game. I think you're going to see four or five teams in the SEC that play that brand of football. We're going to be really good on defense. You're going to run the make the football run the football priority, and then how does the quarterback play come along? Yeah, quick shout out to our our guy Justin here, uh, giving us the two dollars super chat for it just means more. But he's also sending us the ten dollars super chat. Um, he said earlier he had a bourbon to drink, so we believe Justin. Uh, always great uh, to us here, so we appreciate the super chats, Justin. As always, you guys can leave a super chat uh, in the comments uh, as well. And uh, yeah, we always appreciate your support of the channel. But let's talk about some other stuff here. Uh, I guess of note, like. You know, Blaine, I mentioned it's it's probably hard to take a lot away from Ole Miss scoring 73 points and beating Mercer um, 73 to 7. Was it 38 to 7 at halftime? And um, but kind of went as we expected in terms of Jackson Dart being the guy from the start uh, at quarterback. Uh, but Spencer Sanders got a chance to play two through a couple touchdowns. But I mean, is there anything really to say about Ole Miss other than they did what they were supposed to do? Yeah, I think they found a go-to receiver, a guy outside yep. of uh, Watkins and Trey Harris, yes. and, yeah. and I think that's a big thing for to for Jackson Dart to have somebody because that was really their big question. You know, they, they lost they lost a guy in the off season they thought was going to be you know really really uh, productive for him and Marshall, and then you know he gets kicked off the team, and then here comes here comes Trey Harris, a transfer from La Tech that comes through there. Uh, and, you know, nobody was really talking about him tremendously in the offseason, but my goodness, uh, he, he had himself a game to start off, I believe, four touchdowns on the day, so that's a way to start it off right there, and uh, I think that's a big deal, but when it comes down to it, um, Ole Miss is just going to be, how does Jackson Dart, because it looks like predominantly Blake Jackson Dart was the guy who got got most of those snaps early, and, and uh, Spencer Saunders didn't come in until it was well in hand, so it looks like this is going to be Jackson Dart's team to, to roll with. And I'll tell you what, I am pretty excited. Last uh, last I saw, Tulane was taking care of business against a pretty good South Alabama team at home. I'm super excited about that matchup next week in New Orleans uh, against Tulane. That's going to be two good quarterbacks in Jackson Dart and uh, Michael Pratt going at it for each other. So I think we learned that they've got a number one receiver in Trey Harris and we didn't, you know, other than that, we learned that Mercer is uh, not ready to, to play with ACC teams yet. But, hey, there you go. Who is? Well, like you said, Tulane's up a couple touchdowns midway through the third in that game against South Alabama, and we will have a full preview and uh, our predictions for that game coming up on the channel either Monday or Tuesday. So you guys can – Ole Miss fans, uh, you'll have that to look forward to. But, yeah, that should be a good one uh, as well there. Someone asked about – and, by the way, Justin, we appreciate you gifting five memberships to the channel. That is awesome. So we really appreciate – you doing that? Um, but uh, someone asked about Mississippi State. I know they 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 were another one where we talked about earlier that maybe took them a little bit to get going, but once they did, um, I'll be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that one. It's just one of those games that gets caught kind of in the middle of the others. But um, I don't know if Blaine, if you caught anything with Mississippi State or anything that stood out there with them and their forty-eight uh, seven win over Southeast Louisiana. I saw I saw highlights of, of their game, but I mean when they're playing uh, Southeast Louisiana, that's not one I'm going to prioritize. Yeah. But when it comes, but when it comes down to it, I mean you look at the yards per carry for Jaquavius Marks. I mean that's what they want to see. They want to see feed him the rock. He got 19 carries in this game. That's what you have to take care away from that. Is even in a blowout, 
he got 19 carries in a game, which I don't know if he's had that many carries uh, yet. I mean, it, at, at uh, Mississippi State, so that's they're going to feed him the rock. Um, that's a that's a big deal that you get to see there. Will Rogers was efficient, and that's what you want to see. You want to see efficiency, command of the offense, things of that nature for um, for Mississippi State transitioning from the air raid to Kevin Barbe more pro style type offense. So I think that was. Uh, that was something that, that they have to be encouraged by. Um, somebody also asked uh, Donovan talks about Auburn. Yeah, uh, let's get to Auburn because they. I thought Auburn was a team, like I said, and I told you, and, and I said it to everybody else. Like I, they were the team I wanted to see the most, just because I wanted to see what it looked like from game one. And remember, UMass. I know UMass is it's still UMass, but they come off of breaking a twenty four game road losing streak last week, beat New Mexico State. Didn't look pretty I mean, they look pretty good against New Mexico State. I know again you put the competition in context, but um yeah, I mean I thought Auburn did a lot of things and Robbie Ashford comes out and just has a game from the start when all we've been talking about is Peyton Thorne and all this, but we knew they were going to use Robbie Ashford and so you knew Hugh Freed's were going to do it and you see how he used him here and man, yeah, I thought Auburn looked really good. So yeah, when you talk about now you've got Robbie Ashford that they can use in that kind of dynamic way to come in and really be a change of pace guy and he's gonna be fresh and he knows that he knows that he's gonna be in there running the football predominantly now. What does Hugh Freeze have built in off of that? Because you know he's gonna have uh, Robbie Ashford with the ability to to throw the football off of those plays. So it's really like a wildcat on steroids type deal when uh when he has the ball for Auburn. I thought Peyton Thorne did some good things. Um, as well for Auburn, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Auburn. Like I said, I think Auburn's going to win the Red Bowl this year, just with that being at home. Now Alabama looked really, really good, but I'm just telling you, I'm looking forward. It's only the first week, and I'm already looking forward to the the end of the season when that Iron Bowl matchup uh, comes around too. So it's uh, it's really, really fun to just go ahead and kind of be looking down the road at some of these matchups and stuff as things going, but. Um, last check with Alabama, speaking of the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Jalen Milrow really just got rolling after they started slow a little bit too, just like everybody else did, it seemed, this week, uh, Blake. But, yeah. you know, Jalen Milrow, we we said here on the channel, we had a, vid, a, a video that said, what does it mean if Jalen Milrow is your quarterback? I, I think it means the best version of Alabama this year because I think he, we saw his legs were needed because Alabama has some youth on the offensive line and the team was able to, Middle Tennessee State was able to get after Milrow a little bit, flushing out of the pocket, and he, he runs and creates things. Bad snap. He turns a bad snap into a 21-yard touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you know, just crazy athleticism by, by Milrow. So the state of Alabama has a lot of excitement in it and is going to have a lot of excitement in it between Auburn and Alabama this year, Blake. Yeah, I think so. Um, again, like you said, you look at his numbers now, they're up 42 to seven. I guess it's going to the fourth quarter, something like that. Uh, remember, MTSU's not, I don't think MTSU's going to be a bad team. And so I, I think that's no, worth it. I mean, and look, like you said, um, Alabama can make decent teams at least, you know, may, maybe at that level look bad. And again, Jalen Milrow is counted for five touchdowns. And yeah, he has um, done some things pretty well uh, in this game. And like you said, just the skill set and the versatility he has should really. I was going to mention, too, I forgot to go back to this earlier when you are talking about uh, Harris at Ole Miss. But I don't know how many times you've ever seen this before, Blaine. And they may have mentioned this. The stat may already be out there. But a guy who catches – got to pull this up again. Because um, I don't know, again, if you guys – I assume if you're not an Ole Miss fan, you probably weren't watching this game. That's just my guess. But 
he catches a touchdown at 14.05 left in the first quarter. Catched another one at 12.26. Catched another one at 11.45. I, I can't imagine there's anyone that's cost three touchdown passes in a span of, what is that, um, two minutes and 20 seconds or something like that? That is nuts, right? But, I mean, that's how some of these games can go in week one when you have the discrepancy, oh, yeah. right? But That's still. like Calvin Johnson type <laughs> stuff right there. Nuts. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a wild stat. So if you're looking for one of the wildest stats of week one, it's that one for sure. Like you said, Harris goes four touchdowns on the day, but he gets three of them in a span of two minutes and 20 seconds, essentially, to start the game. So um, let's see what else we've got here. And I know, again, guys, we may not hit on every single game because, for example, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of Arkansas, um, but they took care of business. Oh, against... I, I watched some Arkansas. Did you get a chance to watch I'll some tell of you, Well, I'll just tell you, our big question with Arkansas is, where's the explosivity going to come from on the perimeter, right? And – uh, he had Jaden Wilson for uh, it, a short pass that turned into a 65-yard yeah. touchdown. So so what I'm saying is when you're starting to get some of that, we know K.J. Jefferson is going to be good. We know Rocket Sanders is going to be good. But that explosiveness on the receiver position is encouraging. Now it is Western Carolina. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but, you know, when it, com- when it comes down to it, K.J. Jefferson looked like they should look. They, that's Arkansas did what Tennessee, even though it's Virginia, let me tell you something. Virginia is about as borderline of a power five team as possible, okay? So when it comes to a team like Virginia, when it comes to Georgia, when you see Martin, Arkansas did what they were supposed to do to a team like that in Western Carolina, and Ole Miss did what they were supposed to do in a team like that. So I think those two coaching staffs, you know, Lane Kiffin's staff and Sam Pittman's staff have to feel really good about their team coming out and just taking care of business the way they should. Um, Justin, again, leaving a couple of super chats for us. We appreciate it, Justin. Uh, we did mention a little bit with Joe Milton early on, um, but I guess, Blaine, anything else you want to add on on Joe Milton? Just Not even maybe just game one, but like just what what do you want to see, you know, in game two? And then like, are there, is there anything today, I guess that we didn't really mention earlier? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's simply at this point, he's not Hendon hooker is, is what it is in terms of Hendon hooker was able to layer throws in front of, in front of safeties behind linebackers. And that doesn't always mean throwing the ball 90 miles an hour trying to break the dude's fingers. And that's what Joe Milton continued to try to do today. And the ball failed on him when he, when he did. Now, sometimes he would have to take so much off of it. It was just like a flick of the wrist and the thing was still going 50 yards. I mean, seriously, that's the kind of, that's the kind of strength he has that he, he, he tried to put in there to stop under, under throwing overthrowing people and bring it to where they could catch the ball. So um, Milton, I think him and Carson Beck are both going to be fine as they go forward. But both of them, you could tell, were amped up and were, were trying to force things a little bit at certain times. But I will tell one thing that's impressive about Joe Milton is, my goodness, at six foot five, two forty, he he was in a little breakdown about to juke somebody. He said, "Never mind, I'm not going to juke somebody. I'm just going to take my hand and shove it through his face and knock him to the ground and just roll over his body at six five, two forty. Um, real impressive, real impressive with just his his size and his athleticism. Um, but he's got to be more accurate. And we talked about Mississippi State. The late great Mike Leach said, "You can't teach accuracy." That's as a quote from him. You can't teach accuracy. So I don't know what they're going to need to do. Um, you know, maybe change some of the, the nuance of the routes or things like that. 
But as long as Tennessee is able to run the football effectively like they did today and play the caliber of defense they had, Tennessee's going to be tough for anybody to beat. Yeah, Tennessee next week hosts Austin P. Then they got the game, of course, uh, in Gainesville against Florida following week. So that will be an interesting one uh, for sure. By the who, way, who, who's who's tougher, Austin P. or Florida? Oh boy. Well, <laughs> if you don't watch, if you don't watch Friday's edition of the SEC Daily Show, you're going to get uh, some opinions probably picking Austin P. on that because there was a lot of strong reaction to that uh, Florida Utah game for sure. But Blaine can say he told you so. Um, he can for sure on that one. So, Travis, Listen, South Carolina and Florida both have just massive problems up front. But anyways, go ahead. Well, no, I mean it's yeah. These are two games that have certainly exposed some weaknesses for for those two teams. Um, Travis, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, we talked about Kentucky a little bit early on, but yeah, I mean if you've certainly followed the channel, you know again how high we are on the cats. And um, yeah, I mean I I thought again it's a little bit of a slow start for Kentucky, but. I think eventually you just knew the talent was going to take over. And um, I think it's just the options, right? I mean, you just, there were so many different guys, whether it was Ray Davis, um, whether it was key, you know, Barry and Brown does what he does, right. Returns a kickoff, whatever for touchdown. I don't remember what was it probably close to hundred yards or whatever. Um, and so it's just, yeah, I mean, they've just got so many options and I think that's, what's going to be fun to watch for this Kentucky team. Blaine It's just, it's seeing how all of these guys continue to kind of form that chemistry. You said earlier, I mean, it's Devin Leary's first game with Kentucky first actual game with them, not just, you know, in the summer getting prep work and all that, like you're actually playing a game. And so that chemistry is only going to get, you know, more, he's going to have more experience in terms of just the chemistry with everybody together. Yeah. Forward. Well, that and the, and the, I think he had, like I said earlier, he had to get that confidence in his pick. Like, Hey, I'm about to go, go, and let it loose in game action, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's something that when that's surgically repaired and you're literally your pec muscle is anchored back to your body, you know, I mean, that's that's tough to, to get over mentally, and he comes out and, let, and let, lets it loose. Um, but I do have a team, like, that I really have to rave about, and I – this is one that I just got to say, I'm liking my prediction. I said Texas a and going to put it all mm. together this year. Yeah. And I predict them to go ten and two, and I predict them to beat Alabama when they when they play Alabama uh, at home, and it, you know down the line here five or six weeks from now, if Connor Wiegman's playing playing the way he played tonight with the confidence and the precision, and he's out there just absolutely slinging it to guys like Evan Stewart and Noah Thomas, who nobody talks about. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Noah six. Thomas, yes. Like, he's the one that just – we didn't talk about him enough. Like, we knew, but like like you said, it was it's easy to talk about the other guys, but, man, the size with this guy, unbelievable. Yeah. So you have a number one already in Evan Stewart, and now you have a guy who's six foot four, 200 – that could be a number one at a lot of schools in Noah Thomas. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to add Anaya Smith, and we're also going to add Moose Muhammad in there on top of it. Oh, and we've got uh, Max jo- Max Johnson's uh, little brother, Jake Johnson, at tight end that, that's coming in and going to play well. Max Wright is still there at tight end. I'm telling you, Texas A&M, there's a reason. You go look at all the composite rankings for talent. They're the, either third or fourth most talented team in the country and every ranking that you see in terms of the collection of their talent and man, they look like it tonight. And if you think winning 49 to 10 as they are right now over New Mexico doesn't matter, just remember they lost to app state last year. So this matters uh, in, in Kyle field and it matters because they're going to go 
face a Miami team that actually played pretty darn well this uh, next week. So having this confidence rolling into it's big. Yeah, Miami got a 38-3 win over Miami of Ohio, and um, I think there are a lot of people uh, that thought that could be much closer just based on what their expectations were for Miami of Ohio. So, um, yeah, so that's one definitely to look at. Again, Justin, we appreciate the the super chat. Yeah, hit that like button. Uh, we'll be doing this all season uh, here with our Saturday night. We'll have a rotating crew. Chris will be joining us uh, on nights whenever um, you know he's not covering another game. And so, yeah, we appreciate you guys. And on this one, I had to remember, I forgot that I, I had been called in the stream before last year, the Ryan Day um look alike and i i don't i don't know if i see it blame but that's just that's what they go with sometimes but um i'm at least in the right conference right at least i'm in the sec i don't think your 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 beard is not the shade of no, midnight black uh, just not. for men freshly dyed uh <laughs> you know tint that it needs to be to be compared and and ryan day has never put on carhartt in his life so that's the true. fact he that you have no a carhartt chance. at no all uh big big differentiator well, listen, if Ryan Day wants to give me his salary, um, I mean, we get paid the big bucks here at Southeastern 14, folks, but... A tenth of his salary. <laughs> yeah, a tenth of it. Uh, which, by the way, if you want to keep donating to the channel to uh, up our salaries to Ryan Day's level, you can do that with a super chat uh, and anything else you would like to leave us. We're also looking for um, advertiser sponsors for doing these uh, live streams and everything. So if any of you guys know anyone out there that wants to uh, advertise on the channel uh, sponsor let us know uh, and email info at southeastern14.com so um, and it won't be some vanilla ad read either we will <laughs> no. we will learn the nuances of your business and we will we will compare it to an sec football team and be able to uh, to have a very good time with it so make sure that you uh, i want to add that element to it then let us advertise with your business we, we will spend an entire day at the business undercover ball style. We will be there. We will go undercover just to get the ins and outs of everything. But um, by the way, appreciate you joining us, Johnny. Yep. Uh, balls get a nice win there against Virginia. Yeah. Jesse, Texas A&M. We just said, man, Connor Wigman looked great. He's looked great. I know the game's still going on, but it's 49 to 10. It may be over 10 now. 10 and 2. Um, 10 yeah. and 2 Texas A&M this year is my prediction. Lane's got 10 and 2. For the Aggies, by the way, guys, we're not going to go too long on this because we'll obviously have a lot more reaction stuff coming the next couple of days. Um, I know it's a holiday weekend, but we'll also have our predictions for uh, next week's games out early in the week as we usually do. So, hey, we appreciate Johnny. I'll get back to you in a second, Justin. Appreciate Johnny uh, becoming a new member of the channel. You can join the It Just Means More tier, folks. That's just a simple, hey, we appreciate what you guys are doing and – I'll give you four bucks a month to support uh, you guys making more videos. So that helps all of us. And so we appreciate you joining Johnny. All you guys can as well. Again, just hit that join button uh, and you can hop in there. All right, Justin, we're going to get back to the football in a second, but I know you got to get the super chat in $5 adult beverage of choice to watch SEC football. Play. Uh, well, I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker myself, but if I did any kind of, I would have to say it'd have to be definitely something bourbon, bourbon centered any kind of you know bourbon and ginger ale bourbon and stuff like that any anything that i get or just bourbon on the rocks would be something i have to go with but again i'm not a big i'm not a big uh big drinker myself so what about you well hey, um, the perfect segue blaine i i will drink anything any sponsor out there wants us to, <laughs> to, to drink okay so if you want to sponsor the channel and you have an adult beverage unleaded drink it. unleaded gasoline blake whatever matter, blake man. will drink matter. it 
doesn't matter. So there's my answer, Justin. I know that's not what you wanted, but that's what I'm giving you. So, uh, all right, guys, look, anything you want to talk about, uh, hop in the, the, the chat here, leave your comments. We've talked about pretty much, I think we've said something about every team at this point, except for Vanderbilt, which again, Blaine, I don't, you know, I've watched a little bit of this. They game, played Alabama a and it, it wasn't a pretty yeah. first half. I mean, it's five to three at the end of the first quarter. Um, it's 12 to three at halftime. And then Vanderbilt's kind of cranked it up a little bit from there with, which by the way, as we've said, I mean, whether it's Jaden McCown or Will Shepard, I know a lot of people, you know, may look at Vanderbilt going into the season and just be like, Hey, that's probably the team that's going to finish last in the East. Or, you know, maybe they have finished ahead of a team that really disappoints, but those two guys though, man, they are, they are so fun to watch when you just see what they have there. And again, I think that's only going to help AJ Swan. Um, even if this probably hasn't been the game they've necessarily wanted to see uh, from him at times, but those two guys are pretty explosive. And so um, they're going to be fun to watch this season. Vander, Vanderbilt is a better coach team than Florida. They're, they're, they're better coach than, than Florida. They're more organized. They, they, they fight harder. I'm just telling you, Florida has problems. Now I think they're going to be, they'd be patient for, Billy Napier, you know, for that next recruiting class or two that he's got lined up, but I don't know how long they're going to be willing to wait. Maybe they, maybe they saw what Deion Sanders does and said, "Hey, we, we hate Florida State so bad that we're going to go take Deion. We're going to go offer Deion Sanders uh, to go get him after that." <laughs> By the way, that was crazy. Colorado winning wow. with eighty-six new guys. That was absolutely nuts. You know, we've talked about just about everything, like you said, Blake. We we haven't talked about uh, LA Knight beating the Miz on payback <laughs> WWE, which the the yeah movement continues over there. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that as well. If you guys are if you guys are wrestling fans, you're gonna really love the live streams that Blaine and I are on uh, this year. But if you're not, boy, you're really gonna hate us at some point. But that's okay. You can still leave a super chat uh, even if you do. But uh, going back to the Tennessee defensive front, we'll talk about payback uh, soon enough, guys. But I mean, Blaine, on the Tennessee defensive front, I think you may have mentioned a little bit earlier. We've talked about so much, I can't remember, but uh, any additional comments on that part of the game for the balls? Tennessee just does such a good job of stifling opponents' run games. They got much and much, much and more improved uh, from Heupel's first year to second year, and it was even better today when it came down to stopping, uh, stopping them from running the football. Let's look at the team team stats here held them under 100 yards rushing 2.4 yards per carry so that was i mean it's just impressive in the negative plays that tennessee creates they're they're so quick up front you're starting to see explosive athletes and by the way some of the guys that tennessee's added in the edge class in the class of 2024 the edge rushers and and edge defenders that they've got coming if hypel can you know keep this momentum going and they're able to to you know get to november get to that georgia game with either no losses or one loss, then you could see a really special recruiting class formed together for Tennessee as well. Yep. Nice, uh, nice stuff from the Vols, we said. And again, Johnny, we appreciate the $5 super chat here. Nice, uh, great day to be a volunteer as the Vols get off to a 1-0 start. And, you know, that kind of brings up something, and I, I can't remember the year. And, again, Justin, we appreciate the the Vandy victory dollars. Hopefully Vandy wins a lot of games this year. That means we'll get more super chat money uh, with you. But, I, I mean, I feel like sometimes – and probably go back to last year, right? Or, or even the year before. I can't remember. It all runs together, guys. But usually we get a, like a big surprise in week one, it seems like. There's always like, okay, this team plays it down to the wire. You know, they win maybe, but they only win by a field goal or something that's way more crazy. Like there was really nothing today where just like, 
oh boy, there's a huge surprise, right? I mean, again, South Carolina losing to some people may be a surprise, but like, as you said, Blaine, not to you. And I mean, I don't think we ever fully felt like, you know, South Carolina's going to come out and win this by two touchdowns or anything. So they're trying um, to make a comeback right now. They, they're still down 14, but they get the ball. It's nine yeah. minutes to go and they got the ball in North Carolina territory, but it's going to take a heroic effort with Drake May on the, on the other side across from them. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, continue. No, I just, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's unusual. Usually in the SEC, even when you have these kind of games, usually it's like a huge surprise. And like we said too, I, I don't think we, we were not surprised by the Utah, Florida outcome, which a lot of people for some reason were, and, and we just were never, we weren't there this summer, as we mentioned. Um, we were not very high on the Gators, and um, it wasn't a, a great start, even if they did have some chances set down the stretch to make that game interesting. But, yeah, a lot of dominant-type performances from a scoring standpoint. But like you said, there was some sloppiness, as you would expect, in week one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just it's week one. And so, <laughs> long way to go. So We've got a debate going on between Hal Jubin and, and James Corey Fox in the comments. Uh, James Corey Fox saying Tennessee was vanilla and didn't show everything. I agree. Uh, I also agree with Hal Jubin in saying that, you know, hey, you know, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. It. It's kind of a mix between the two, okay, because, yes, Tennessee was vanilla. Yes, Joe Milton struggled. Uh, he, he didn't he – didn't, hit some of the passes that they're going to need him to hit when guys are open. When we say open in the SEC, we're talking about if they have this much separation, you know, about a yard separation, that's open. And you need to hit that hit that pass. And sometimes he didn't do that. Carson Beck didn't do it either for Georgia tonight early on in that game. So I think you saw two talented quarterbacks with big arms that were pumped up a little bit. Their first start being the guy excited to get things going. Um, so I think it's kind of bo- both in the middle. Both teams being vanilla, uh, we'll learn a lot. You know, seeing they both have cupcake games, you know, in week two. So we'll see how improved they look in those cupcake games. Um, Trey says he thinks that that Beck and Georgia struggled a bit. I mean, you talked about it, Blaine. It wasn't the most crisp performance from Georgia. But I was going to to go off of what you just said about Joe Milton. Like, I guess just from a with Carson Beck, what what stood out maybe positive negative in terms of just what you saw and again it's ut martin i mean not to knock them but there's only so much you can gain but um anything notable there the positive for georgia and carson beck is that he had command of the offense in terms of they were making a lot of checks at the line all that kind of stuff so he he knew what was going on with protections and all that kind of stuff but man uh georgia's offensive line just didn't you know, push people around. Georgia got the best offensive line in college football. I'll tell you that. That is what that is. That is a fact. I'm telling you, they were up there with. They're going to have four guys probably get drafted off that offensive line, and they just did not come out and play the way that they're going to play later on this year. I, I don't believe, and and then more so with they had a couple of drops, things like that. It was just a lack of rhythm. Also, they're breaking in, you know, Mike Bobo once again. So I think there was probably some, you know, feeling that out situation in a live game. Again, I think you'll see improvement week one, week two. But here, here we go. We're talking about Georgia wins 48-7, and people are like, man, they struggled. And then you're talking about Tennessee winning uh, by, what, about the same score over there against a Virginia team that's probably not much better than UT Martin, uh, 49-13. I mean, so – it is what it is, but this is the stat of the night. I told everybody coming into this game <laughs> that South Carolina 
could not run the football. They don't have SEC running backs, and their offensive line is awful. And they have three rushing yards against North Carolina. A North Carolina offense or a North Carolina defense that literally was more porous than the southern border. I'm just telling you, like, it looked, just people pouring across last year, Gene Chizik and stuff. Like, it's just absolutely crazy going on. And Gene Chizik looks like he's, you know, coaching stuff, coaching a just juggernaut now. Three rushing yards. That's like Georgia versus Clemson two years ago type style. I mean, crazy stuff. Yeah, pretty pretty wild. Um I don't know. We'll see with South Carolina. Like you mentioned, um, I know you'll you'll be watching the press conference closely. So we'll get uh, Blaine's reaction to Shane Beaver's press conference uh, early in the week, perhaps. But uh, we appreciate you, Dwayne. Yeah, Arkansas with a big win, and I thought the guys with Arkansas that you know about what you expect. And we talked about earlier just kind of some of the the different things there uh, in that game. But I mean, I, I just don't think you learn a whole lot about Arkansas until. Get a little bit deeper into this thing. Was it week three? They play BYU. Um, that'll be interesting to play Kent State next week. And then, of course, the, the big first SEC games at LSU on the road. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. And, again, SEC football, we brought it up earlier about the Tennessee running back group. They are, they are stacked with those three guys. Um, right? Yeah, Dylan, Sam- Dylan Sampson is good now. I'm just telling you, he's, he's explosive. But we did a, a top five position group rankings of, in, in running back. I had Jalen Wright in the top three running backs in the – or no, number four in the SEC because he just looks like a different guy. He's no longer trying to just bust it to the outside and outrun everybody. He's patient. He's reading block. If Jalen Wright is that good for Tennessee this year, watch out because, I mean, he is explosive, like home run hitter uh, with his speed, and now he's learning to run, like truly run like a running back, not just not just run with the football, but he's he is running a like a nuanced, patient, you know, knowledgeable running back that also has tremendous athleticism. All right, guys, as we said, we were going to go about a half hour here. Uh, we're going to let Blaine enjoy his vacation, and uh, we'll have more reaction. Uh, Chris and I are going to do some stuff tomorrow, I think, and then again, we'll start to look ahead to the week two games, but uh, your last chance, you got about 30 seconds to 60 seconds here. If you want to leave a super chat, you can uh, to show your support. If you enjoy this stream, leave us a super chat or you know what? Just hit the like button or the subscribe button. We, we really love you guys interacting with us on these streams and it always makes it a lot more fun. Um, so again, we will have a lot more of these, a uh, lot of content on your way reacting to week one. We'll have a lot of, as we said, our usual game previews for week two. And all of that, um, and yeah, we'll have a lot of fun with it. I'll put put me on the spot here. Uh, I'm picking LSU. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, LSU. Pick LSU. LSU I mean, they, they they were they were that good in year one with Brian Kelly boy. They they played no. they played like hot dog water, like like old hot dog water last year against Florida State, and still almost beat them. They're going to beat them this year. We got LSU. Blaine and I both have LSU in the college football playoff uh, in our picks, so I think we'll stick with that and uh go with it on that uh donovan we'll how about this we'll we'll do something in the next couple of days kind of looking at some offenses or defenses because we got to get blaine out of here um and uh, i didn't mean that wwe promo style we're gonna we're doing it in a nice way getting him out of here so uh yeah but we again we appreciate you guys hit that subscribe button we'll be doing this uh, every saturday uh reaction wise chris will be joining us uh, as well so we'll have a lot of fun with it appreciate you guys as always and we'll talk to you again here soon at southeastern 14.